Hello and welcome to the one and the only Game Train podcast. This time, episode fifty-nine. Uh, it's a it's a pretty big one. We're going to try and smash through it. We've got a double review this time. We've got Sekiro, uh, which Callan's reviewing because it's too hard for me, uh, and Yoshi's Crafted World, which was much less hard for me. Um, I can play harder games, but are, are you sure whole, Yoshi wasn't too hard for you? A little bit. There is an easy mode, but we'll get into it. Uh, we'll be, you know, chatting about a bunch of stuff, but first and foremost, as always, let's go to the news. Bunch of news. I guess the biggest kind of news, because so much of it has happened recently and we've kind of been bombarded after waiting for so long for hearing about it, is all this Borderlands 3 stuff. It all just kind of fell out it was like it was pouring out of a bag where fans were waiting and they kept teasing it for like years and years and then and then instead of like a little you know sort of teaser or something there was just like huge trailers and gameplay and talks about this and then the date when it's came coming out was kind of leaked and then officially released and uh all kinds of and then there was a weird magic trick involved i don't all that aside borderlands 3 is coming um and it looks pretty fun uh, and it's coming in september 13th so this year uh which is pretty cool and then news on top of that uh it's apparently going to support what what are we even calling this thing jeez it's early for me it's got cross play but um what is even more interesting ladies and gentlemen is that voice you're hearing over there which is callan davison who's actually joining me today yeah, you forgot to introduce me. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just so excited about... No, that's a lie. We're just both pretty tired. It's, it's, a, it's a hectic week. I just, I just been to a show last night doing some music, and then I'm running away for like over a week touring. So we're trying to find this pocket, and there's so much to talk about. We wanted to move it and all that kind of stuff. But we're like, no, we have to record today. So we're just kind of still finding ourselves. So bear with us, guys. Um, as always, I'm Carl Smith, and here is Callan. Here's our introduction in the middle of the news. So uh, we're newsworthy, I think. What is going on? I don't know. But hey, this is how we roll, man. Black Ops Blackout is free all throughout April. So I thought that was pretty cool and interesting. I haven't actually tried that yet. Have you had a go? Uh, I played the beta last year, but that's it. Yeah, I think we'll have to jump in and, and see what happens. I'm kind of predicting bad things for my end because I'm just super rubbish at all these kind of games except for tetris 99 but hey it looks pretty and maybe i'll be okay because it's like a normal first person shooter and i know that's me in denial but uh, i'd love to jump in and die a few times and see what dying in this one feels like now this is heavy rumor which we don't normally talk about but it's like real heavy uh so much so that it just feels like it's kind of coming to fruition very soon but nintendo's Switch, two new Switch models are being heavily rumored this year, you know, like a an entry-level one and sort of a, a more core gamer version, which we're only speculating at the moment, but it seems like pretty straightforward that one's going to have sort of a bigger screen with better resolution and rumors about the entry-level one being a, a, the official replacement to fill the uh, 3DS hole in the market, apparently. So finally, if all things go ahead, everyone working on just Nintendo Switch games and we're already seeing a kind of different level of Switch games coming out, like with your more AAA sort of Breath of the Wild and, you know, uh, Super Mario Odyssey and this more sort of lower tier of like kind of more handheld gamey type ones anyway, which is kind of being filled by 
you know, smaller titles like the indie titles, but also even in bigger ones, things like Yoshi's Crafted World and so on. So we'll see how that goes when we find out more solid news about it. And I'm just really curious to see what these things look like. Iron Man is coming to PSVR. Also, on top of that, No Man's Sky is getting a PSVR update. Yes, that's exciting. Uh, the PlayStation exclusive Concrete Genie now has a release window. It's coming in the fall. So you're probably looking at around um, August to October, around there sometime. It will also have a PSVR mode. Man, everything is getting PSVR now. Sega Mega Drive is getting a mini. That's right. On yeah, September 19th, you too can own a little Sega Mega Drive Mini will have over 40 games or 40 games and come with two controllers. Finally, Wolfenstein Young Blood has a release date and will be out July 26th. So that is the, uh, I guess you could call it mini expansion for Wolfenstein, but this one will let you play in co-op mode as these as these twins to play through the game. Ah, uh, yes, as uh, Blaskowitz's daughters. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the news. Oh yeah, nice. Okay, this is the part where we like to um, jump into the subscription games that have come out or are coming out this month, uh, and which ones are worth playing. So we've got like uh, Xbox Games with Gold, Xbox Game Pass, PS Plus, Nintendo Online, so on and so forth. And this time, after sort of sifting through, it's not the strongest of months, but Super Mario Lost Levels is out for Nintendo Online customers, which I think is really cool. It's the the original Super Mario 2 uh, that they didn't give to the West because they deemed it too hard. I so, guess you won't be playing that one then, Carl. Wow. 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 Tell me your fastest score on any Dirt 2 track. I don't own the game, so I can't. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. How many um, strawberries did you collect in Celeste? Too many. Okay. It's fine, um, but I might look at it and walk around and die a bit, but uh, it looks just like the old school Super Mario Bros, like the very, very first 1985 game. You know, they released harder levels and made it more intricate sort of tricks. It's, it's kind of the first of those really, really super challenging levels that they start throwing at you in later games and stuff, but um, this is before they, they deemed the West able to play more challenging sort of games. I guess I don't care about that stuff anymore with Sekiro and Dark Souls coming out. But yeah, I think that'll be a really cool one to jump into. Just a little blast from the past. And um, I've never seen it in its original form. I've only ever played it in the re-release they did as the Lost Levels on the um, Super Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo. But this is like NES style, old school graphics. So That'll be a, a good piece of gaming history to check out. I reckon uh, that's my recommendation. Mine is uh, Punch-Out on the Switch. Oh, yeah. That's out as well. Okay. You a fan? Yeah, yeah. I love the original. I remember hiring it from the video shop on Nintendo when I was a kid. So, yeah, I'll be downloading, well, jumping on the store and trying it out sometime. Because, um, yeah, I really like the game. It's hard, though. So, you might want to give it a miss. Wow. Okay, come on. That's righto. <laughs> Speaking of giving games a miss or not, we are going to jump into the games we've been playing. Yes. Uh, besides the review games, I guess Division 2 is the main one that we're still playing. Did you play last night? I did, I did, yeah. So that's Ooh, what tell I'll us, tell talk us. about here. So Tier 5 is now out, World Tier 5. Um, they've um, unlocked another stronghold, which I did last night. 
It feels a little longer than the other strongholds. But oh, cool. um, okay. it bugged out at the final encounter for us. That the final, Ooh. like we killed the boss, but there was a another enemy that somehow got stuck under the level and we couldn't kill it. Oh, yucky. Yeah, so um, what we did, we all um, sort of like made ourselves die and then we came back and had to do the encounter again. Uh, but it was fine that time. But, you know, okay. I got twice the money, twice the XP. So I wasn't complaining that much. Oh, nice. Wow. So, okay. yeah, it wasn't too bad. So, yeah, World Tier 5, there are now um, invaded missions. So um, other missions you can do, which I've got to change them. I don't want to spoil too much. Okay, cool. But so um, just there, a lot there, more content. There, yeah, there's new gear sets now, like proper gear sets. So these green items will drop. So oh. pre- yeah, yeah, and um, like a different green. Yeah, 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 like green? a yeah, like a different green. And I think they're five pieces to a set, and they all have um, yeah, they're three different sets at this time. They have different abilities, which is okay. pretty, which is pretty cool. What and do else? you get like super duper abilities if you have all five, that kind of thing? Yeah, there's one. Oh, I was reading it and it's like red, white, and blue. And then it's like the first enemy hit will be red, the next will be white, the next will be blue. And then depending on what other people do, it might ex- it might cause extra damage to the enemy. It might refill your, emma, uh, your armor when you hit the enemy, or it might do something else when you hit the enemy. Like all these different sort of wow. variables start going off, which is really cool. That's so cool. Uh, it was all, also came with a major patch, which they reworked a bunch of stuff, um, took a bunch of the negatives off the mods, so now they're only positive values, reworked some skill numbers, things mm, like that's that. That's really good. Okay, so that's uh, the skill point threshold. Yeah. Adding, uh, mods to your skills, like your turrets and all that stuff. That was so needed. I felt like I was missing on such a fun part of the game by not being able to tweak They've those. Changed how the cam launcher shoots. I know this might upset you a little. Oh no. Yeah. No, it shoots perfectly fine. It's the best thing in the game. I know, I know. So now you oh. push L1 to equip it and then you hold L2 to aim it and then R2 to shoot it. Why all the buttons? Do you have to stand on one leg? I don't. I they wanted to make it like a gun that you equip. So you push L1 and it equips it like a gun. And then you aim and then shoot. So the, the amount of times oh, I've accidentally okay. shot healing at the enemy now without realizing it. <laughs> no. Wow, too bad they don't have like undead enemies where you can shoot them with healing like Final Fantasy style. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, and there's a bunch of other changes. Your gear score can go up to like 500 now. And then also they've announced that the raid is coming out later this month, which will be the first eight player activity in oh, a uh, division game which would be really exciting so if you're in the division get out there get your gear score up get prepared for this raid it should be chaos with eight people running around at this stage it's like ubisoft are just showing off now with their games as a service models mm-hmm. like what a what a triumph division two has been just just need to say that you know like few bugs here and there but as far as games as a service sort of you know open world online world shooters it's just it's come out the gate epic like just full of stuff and everything kind of seems to just work and then now they're just dropping more content like a lot more they're fixing issues left right and center like barely any issues but when there is one they're on it and then there's this raid coming 
and it hasn't even been out like a full month. This is really cool, and I, yeah. I hope this kind of raises the bar a bit. Which yeah, stares at yeah. Anthem. Oh, please, come on. Stares at Anthem again. <laughs> poor, poor Anthem. I miss playing Anthem. I love Anthem so much, but nah, the division no, has not, just got not me after the what? Did you read Jason Schreier's article on unarmed Bioware employees? No, I, I fully recommend you read it. It's on Kotaku. Go have a read. You are, it gives a bit of insight on what went on throughout the throughout the development of Anthem. It sounds even like eighteen months out, they had no clue what sort of game they were making. Holy! It was crap. just an absolute mess. Go have a read. It's a very long article, but it's well worth it. Wow! Oh man! Mm. Well, I don't know. They they made some magic because this guy, this guy loved it. I just kind of finished it as a one-player game, though. It's it's no... Uh, it's no looter shooter. It's no looter shooter, for sure. I do have to mention, I have been playing a little bit of Technomancer, and I say that because that's one of the free games that's out with uh, Xbox Games at Gold. Um, and I jumped into that. It's a Mass Effect clone, and it plays gross. Aged terribly, combat sucks. Lots of really cool ideas, but... Um, yeah, it just didn't age well. And for me, I don't know if that's worth the time. So just throwing that out, like I, I kind of gave it like a, a four in my head of just like it was just yucky and clunky and gross. It looked pretty and that was about it. So, yes, that's cool. about it. Besides um, dirt, a little bit more dirt and some uh, Elder Scrolls online. But, you know, I've talked about all those a lot. but They just keep pulling me back in every now and then. Yep. But yeah, let's... Uh, Let's jump into this episode's shout-out. Yeah, so uh, again, we're going to be shouting out our friends at Gaming Australia. This is the Facebook group that is full of gamers, from generally from Australia. There's probably some internationals that have sort of snuck their way on, and that's cool. They're nearing 700 members now. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people in there now, a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun community, actually, jumping in. Like, it feels really easy to talk to people. People are very open with um, opinions and ideas and just having a chat. And it's it's not as uh, toxic as some gaming communities can be on yeah. social media. So I really enjoy jumping on there and just having a chat and seeing what people are talking about and getting like real world opinions and stuff. So it is yeah. a lot of fun jumping in there. Yeah, so you can find them at facebook.com slash group slash gaming Oz. So if you want to join, go check that out, that link. And yeah, you know, introduce and is that yourself. Oz AUS. Or yeah. Oz oh yeah. Sorry. Um, AUS. Yeah. Gaming yeah. Oz AUS. Uh, yeah. Introduce yourselves and become part of the community. Well, that brings us quite swiftly into our feature reviews. Uh, what do you want to start with? I guess we'll start with the um, the hard game, so we can get that out of the way for you. Yeah. Swallow your big frog first, they reckon. Let's uh, let's yeah. do it. I'm going to hand it over to you to, to do the uh, nitty-gritty of this one. But ladies and gentlemen, this is Sekiro. Shadows die twice. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is developed by From Software and is published by Activision. It is a third-person action-adventure game with a super hard difficulty, as Carl found out. Yes. You play as the Shinobi Sekiro, who is pretty much just trying to, you know, save the world, or save this area of the world. 
um, from the bad guys. It's probably the easiest way to say it. There's a, yep. a lot more basic, to it than that. It's the basic thing. It's, it's set in feudal Japan. It's one of those games from from software. So they are renowned for these very difficult games. So you've got Bloodborne, you've got the Dark Souls series, Demon Souls, all these games that are super hard. Yeah. Um, and Sekiro is no different. So the way that Sekiro differs from, for example, Dark Souls straight away is the speed of the game is a lot quicker. You aren't expected to dodge as much in this. You actually get quite punished for dodging. Uh, Dark Souls was based around a lot of positioning and, and dodging the enemy's telegraphed attacks, while Sekiro is more about being aggressive and, doing, yeah. and countering the enemy and um, powering their attacks rather than straight out dodging. So it, it, it's a bit of a learning curve for those people that have played a lot of the Souls games, like myself, that you naturally just start trying to sidestep the enemy. You find out very quickly that this does not work as well anymore. In this, instead of the enemy just having a life bar, they've got kind of two bars. They've got a vitality bar, which is their health, and they've also got a posture bar. And there's two ways to kill an enemy. You can just keep chipping at them until their um, vitality runs out. Or if you deflect enough of their attacks or they deflect enough of your attacks, their posture bar will build and if it hits full, then you can kill them then. So there's different ways of taking down enemies in that way. Some bosses require are more of a posture fight, while others are more of a vitality fight, depending on what's going on. It, it's also got a lot of stealth elements in this game. It's very action adventure, but there's also a lot of stealth elements. So it's it pays to sneak around a lot and just get one-hit kills on enemies. Also, you can take off half a boss's HP sometimes if you can get a nice sneaky attack on them. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that. And the other big thing in this game is, which the title alludes to, is Shadows Die Twice. Now, in the other Souls games, you die, that's it, you're dead. But in this, you get the option of rezzing on the spot. You can come back to life in the resurrection on the spot yeah. and continue to fight. Now, whether you choose to do this or not is up to the player. So that was that was um, an interesting take on things. I didn't really know how it would work at first, but it feels like it fits the game perfectly. A lot of the story is um, based around this whole self-resurrection thing, so um, I won't go into any more than that, but it's kind of cool. Let's talk about some of Sekiro's skills. So you normally fight with a sword, but he also has one arm, which is a prosthetic arm. Now, with this yes. arm, he can do a lot of things, like uh, it's got a grappling hook on it, which is great for traversal. Like, let's... The traversal is awesome. Just being able to shoot around tops of buildings, trees, and that is great. It's so much fun. Yeah, that is awesome. This, is this is this last episode's review we're talking about now? No. No, well, you couldn't traverse with that one. Yeah. But yeah, that did yeah. feel good. I didn't play long, and I didn't play much, but I really liked that bit. It felt really cool. The Also, the prosthetics there is like, um, there is an axe prophet prosthetic where you can use it to break shields there's like a fire one to set enemies on fire there's this umbrella shield which is fantastic protects you from attacks etc etc there's a heap of these prosthetics which you can upgrade throughout the game which then leads into my next point is the bosses there are so many bosses in this game there are kind of two types of bosses in a way there's big bosses which are big story bosses, etc. And then there's just mini bosses just scattered everywhere throughout the world. You encounter a yes. few within like five minutes of each other. And oh boy, like the boss fights in this game is what makes this game just so good. 
every sort of boss has a different strategy and style that you got to implement. I, I talked about it a little bit before about the posture and the vitality depending on the fight. And then also, I'm, I'm very sorry, people, I'm sort of half losing my voice here. You bring in different prosthetics depending on what you're fighting. So there's a shuriken prosthetic, which is fantastic against an enemy that use, jumps up in the air a lot. Or you might, you know, run in and set the enemy on fire to just try and chip away at the health a bit. You sit there and you work out the, the boss fight. And then generally I found that once this game clicked for me, which was a bit into the game, it, the boss fights are a lot more manageable, I found. I could generally figure out the strategy fairly quickly and then it was just about executing that plan throughout the whole fight to down the boss. How, how did you go with the Chained Ogre? Tried him once and then uh, got smashed and then you said go get the uh, some sort of fire thing. Yep. So I went to go and, and do that and um, you know I got some small item bell thing that you bring to a, a guy that gives you sort of your upgrades and stuff but the thinking, all right, I'll get the fire thing and I'll try again. But he warps you into this other world in the past. And like the rest of the game, my head just wasn't in it. So I was like, oh, I'll just quickly do this bit and I'll grab the fire thing. And because I was trying to like rush it in my brain and all I'm thinking of is going back to fight the ogre. I never even got through that level. Uh, but that connects to a whole other thing that I wanted to get into, which, which is to do with like, just the Souls-like genre is, and I've heard a few people say a similar thing, which makes sense, but it's just 100% not for me. And um, it's just like, the, this game is brilliant, and I can see the design and how gorgeous it's, it's like put together, and just how everything like goes in a big circle, and you reconnect things, and, and finding out the secrets, and then like when the game clicks, it, it must be just amazing. But I just don't, like it i just for myself i just don't enjoy it i guess it's just like if you don't like a uh, tower defense games or i know a lot of people who aren't into racing games who can see one like um horizon you know forza horizon and be like wow that's incredible but i find racing games boring so i'm not gonna buy or play that and i'm not normally like that with a lot of games i'm quite into like a huge spectrum of them but um souls like just isn't it for me and like even the the like extreme punishing stupid difficulty that pushes me away quickly because it's just you're not good enough I, thank you i'm not good enough uh but in other ways it's because i won't i won't get into like finding out all the other stuff and seeing if i can actually get into this genre because it's it's hard i i guess if you're a fan you don't get it if you're not a fan you get it straight away and that is like some games are brutally hard, but if you like them, you'll just sit there and just figure it out and learn how to get through how hard it is, no matter how difficult. Like I was saying earlier with like Dirt Rally 2, that game is punishing, almost grossly punishing. You'll do a 12-minute track and you'll nick the side of a, a rock and all of it will be wasted. Your time will be just useless and every little, like you've got to sit there and concentrate and you're sweating and heavy breathing and like, Every moment is important, and the slightest little mess up is is your fault, and you know how you did it. But you Mate, you're talking keep... about a um, a Sekiro boss there. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. And you just keep getting good, and you just push yourself because you're like, "Damn it, I died, but I love this, so I'm going to put myself through this punishment, uh, and you know, just get better." And it's exciting, and then you finally beat the race, and you're like, 
yeah, that felt amazing. Okay, next race, same thing again. And I completely get that formula and why it's a rush because I understand it in that kind of game. And same with things like Super Meat Boy or Celeste. Like, if you don't like those kind of games, you wouldn't give it more than, you know, a couple hours and just be like, nope, this difficulty is not worth my time because I'm not worth, like, I'm not into this genre. And I thought, I tried... I tried Bloodborne because people were saying, like, if you don't like Dark Souls, you like Bloodborne, it's a bit faster. And again, I was like, no, not into it. Love the world, love how it looks, but just don't like the repetition and the circle and just doing it all again. I just, I can't, I can't get into it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try it again for Sekiro. It looks beautiful. Feudal Japan, you can jump around, you know, you've got a grapple hook. And I did enjoy that for the first 20 minutes. But then as, as soon as I came into a boss and realized, like, each boss is like like a big, massive sort of race in, in Dirt Rally 2, which and I, I, I say that because I'm trying to translate to hopefully if some people don't like racing games, they'll get what I mean there. Well, like you can't just sort of skid around the edge and bash people out the way and, you know, squeeze your way into first place. You'll just die. And that's kind of like, that is the equivalent of me trying to play Sekiro like Assassin's Creed or something and just be like, yep, I'm just going to slide through and cut everyone without any strategy or thinking. But every battle, and this isn't a bad thing, this is actually the thing that makes it brilliant, but every fight and every battle is a strategy and like a moment and a level in itself, one after the other after the other. So this is a game with like hundreds of levels. And then you replay them and you replay them differently and you figure out how, how best to overcome it. Like it's not just a simple game. You have to learn to fight, which I think is incredible, but not for me. Cool. Um. So yeah, badly is what, yeah. <laughs> badly against Do you the feel Ogre. sad that some people have already finished this whole game in 40 minutes without getting hit? I don't, but that must annoy you. Not really. It, oh, good. There, there are freaks out there, man. 40 minutes without getting hit. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I think they're, they're different runs, but some people have been doing no-hit runs. Some people have been doing, like, 40-minute runs. It's just dumb. It's dumb. It's oh, dumb. Oh, man. No one's done a Guitar Hero mm-hmm. yet? Uh, no, I haven't seen anything like that. I'm waiting for it, though. I'm sure it's coming. Maybe oh, it's it a bit more be. difficult this time because you do have like the jump button, etc. While in Dark Souls, it was just the dodging, really. So it was easy probably to map those controls. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I want to see a DJ Hero one. That's what I want. Um, all right. Let, let's wrap this up, though. But um, some things I didn't like about the game because I did say how great the game was. I wasn't yes. a big fan of the music. It actually got quite repetitive. Normally, there's been some great music in the other Souls games. And look, the tracks are good, but it's just very repetitive. It's the same battle tune every time, et cetera. And you just oh. sort of just like, oh, after a Does while, it change you... up for bosses at least? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, okay. At least there's that. Yep. Also, another thing, talking of bosses, this one really irked me. Um, is the um, is the motion tracking on bosses in that some, or maybe only one or two that I really experienced, right? They telegraph their attacks, so you go, right, the enemy's raised the sword above his head. This means he's going to do a heavy downward slash in a second. What do you do then? You sprint off to the side, right, to avoid it. But he will swing down, and as he's swinging down, sometimes he'll do like a 90-degree full-body turn magically and still hit you with it, and you're like, come on. 
Uh, this was on the last boss, especially, and it Ooh, was damn. infuriating because I had this guy's whole thing worked out, but just dumb stuff like this would happen. In that, sometimes I'd get away from it, other times I wouldn't. He would he jumps in the air sometimes, and then you go right. I'm going to run off this way or or whatever, and then he will turn me there, and you're like, dude, no. Oh, weird. So it's just like. This weird bug where it's just tracking you automatically. Yeah, it just felt... Uh, and look, most of the game is fair. Like, you, you, you like, it was my mistake, but it's like... Yes, yep. No, this is just BS at this point. Like, I should be able to proper avoid... Oh, I spoke about dodging that before, but this is a full sprint out of the way. Like, and just the way he motion tracks towards you. Was just, yeah, and was, I, you'll be able to tell in any game what's like him <clears throat> quickly reacting and what's him glitching sideways. Yeah, yeah, it was just um, it was just a bit BS. But other than that, it was a pretty flawless game. Like again, it brought that amazing exploration that the other Souls games have. Yeah, something I, I really, really like. I keep um, hearing about that, and I wish I could see that in action. But I have it's, to. The level design is just fantastic. And people have been saying, oh, they're rumored to be doing an open world game next. I don't want them to. I don't want them to do an open world game. I want them to be like this still because you will lose some of that level design if you go open world. Yeah, that's true. But, okay, uh, in terms of the score, I'm sorry, I'm really losing my voice here, guys. That's all right. We'll get through this. Um, um, I'm giving this a 9.2 out of 10. And this is, for me personally, a potential game of the year. Nice. Yeah. Well done. I'm not going to score this one because I, I just have no right to. Yeah. Because um, I fought one guy mm. and then I looked at another one. So, cool. Um, but yeah, 9.2. Nice. I like that. Okay. Wow. That is a heavy hitter. Is that? That's not the highest score this year, is it, that you've given? Yeah, Maybe. I think it is. Well done. Old Sekiro. Getting in there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. The second part of our double review, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into it with Yoshi's Crafted World. (laughs) Developed by Goodfeel, the same guys that did Yoshi's Woolly World, uh, and published by Nintendo. By now, you guys know the deal. This is, I think, the sixth game starring Yoshi. It's a Yoshi side-scrolling game. Uh, they started off as Super Mario World 2 with Yoshi's Island, and then it just went on to just Yoshi games, and I think they've been playing with art styles differently every game since. This time, it's all crafted stuff like the like the name suggests, Yoshi's Crafted World. Things are made of cardboard and and wool and bits and pieces of styrofoam and sticky tape everywhere. It's, it's actually um, brilliant designs in that way but uh yeah so that's basically the game you know you're running from left to right like a classic platformer uh yeah so yoshi it firstly the first thing you see is it is gorgeous the level designs are so clever and i keep wanting to push through to the next level this it's a real feeling i used to have back in the day do you remember when I don't know, when like cutscenes were just the greatest thing of all time, whether you're playing like a 2D game like Abe's Odyssey or you're playing Final Fantasy, 
but you wanted to just get through the next bit of the story just to see that next cutscene. And it was just like, you'd do anything just to get there. Now, you know, with YouTube, you can just watch them all and nothing's quite as exciting as it used to be. But I felt that same vibe, but just to see the next level, what it would look like and what things would be made of. Like, what's the underwater level going to look like? What a fish going to look like? What's a desert level like? And, you know, like, how are they going to make turtles? And what a palm tree is going to look like? It was all so exciting to see just all that kind of thing, like just the craft itself. So much so that an artist, I do wish I got his name down, but I didn't. I just kind of, you know, zoomed past it. But um, an artist on Reddit recreated a screenshot of the game, just like a panorama shot of one of the levels. And he did it with just arts and craft and took a photo of it. And it looked exactly like a screenshot from the game, which was both uh, an amazing compliment to his art and just as much if not more of an amazing compliment to the actual game design that someone could make something out of arts and craft and it looks just like the game um, another new thing they've added in which we've seen from the trailers but you play through the whole level and then you have the choice of replaying it backwards and the camera flips around and you go back and it's more of like a collectathon. you got to go find uh, Pooch, Pooch's little puppies he's like one of the little dog things that have been in Yoshi games forever uh, and you can go back through the level, play it backwards, and instead of trying to collect flowers and coins and whatnot, you're just looking for these puppies to finish the level. But what makes it awesome is the backside of all these um, arts and crafts are just kind of tacked on because all they wanted, it, it's giving you the impression that all they wanted was the front side to show how beautiful the world is. And the back, you see all the like the cans of you know, soft drink and the cereal boxes and all that stuff that they actually made it out of and all the sticky tape, like sticking the wallpaper and the the crafted colors into on the front of everything to make it look like what it should be. And you, you see like the string and all the tape holding the clouds. And it's really cool. It really just does feel like you're just like playing as a kid in your room with little toys and just bits and pieces of arts and craft. And it's it's just so creative. Um, and that doesn't get old. It They don't sort of repeat patterns and designs very much, so every time you're at a new level, enemies and bosses and, and things like that just keep surprising you, and it is always just super charming, so they nailed that. The downside, of course, is it's almost the same scale as Sekiro. This is punishingly easy. <laughs> like... So easy. And I just wish, like, I can tell it's kind of designed for a younger age group. But, I mean, so was Yoshi's Island. And that game was full of challenges and and, and tricky sort of designs, you know, like frustration, just the right amount of frustration. And you're having to figure out how to redo levels. And, you know, there was deaths and all that kind of thing. But this is just, there's a few levels that are, like, clever, Anytime there's something different or challenging, I want to say, quote, unquote, is is more just clever. Like there's lots of sort of little brain moments and puzzles that loop onto each other. And there's things that flip around with gravity and, um, you know, shooting certain things with eggs open certain parts of the level up. And you're walking in and out uh, of the levels as well, like sort of 3D um, and getting into the background or the foreground and things that, which are all really fun. But none of it's really 
challenging, like classic sort of platformer challenging. And sadly, none of the Yoshi games really have been ever since Yoshi's Story, which was their second one back on the uh, 64. That was kind of the first signs of it getting easy. And now it's, I don't know, it's it's less of a Mario platformer and more of like a Kirby sort of very, very young. I don't know, it's it's still gorgeous and fun to look at and fun to play, but my goodness, it's easy. Just It's kind of more like a tour. You're just walking through and having a look at stuff and you're touring around. The The only thing that is challenging, which I will give it props, is you can replay the levels and there's these little characters outside that ask you to go in and collect certain things, like go find a a couple of cardboard cows for me or I'm collecting bottle caps or can you get all the red coins and they're hidden really well so it's challenging in that way of like a hide and seek kind of game but nothing really yeah no no real challenge there's no real difficulty curve either like puzzles get a bit uh you know more clever and more ideas kind of open up but the challenge is always similar so much so that there's a video of um uh, I forget where this was, where I saw it, but it said that there's an easy mode in this game. And they said that the easy mode is so easy that two rocks can play it. And they've just got these two rocks sitting on the Joy-Con controllers. And Yoshi just flies from the left to the right and finishes the level. Um, easy mode gives him wings so he can just fly wherever. And uh, easy mode also vibrates when there's like a collectible uh, sort of flowers to collect near you and it shows where all the red coins are when you go past them whereas in normal mode all the coins look the same until you collect them so a few little things like that if you if you need it to be just a little bit easier again and you just want to blaze through it uh but yeah did, you didn't get a chance to jump on at all yeah just the demo i just played the demo and i don't think i even got hit in the demo it was that easy i just face rolled and was like oh that's cool um, i know imagine if you had like a quick run of Cuphead, and then you jumped in. It would, you know, like oh man, I don't know. You could do this with one hand, I think, or like feet, maybe a foot yeah. run. Uh, um, it was, I just, yeah, just I looked at the difficulty, and that's why it actually turned me off. Was that easy? It was. Everyone it's was saying too it was easy, and I'm yeah. like, I'd feel like I'd get a bit bored of that if it was too easy, especially coming off the back of Sekiro. Yeah, I feel. You know what? I'm really worried about like the parents and the kids who are seeing the new um, advertisements for Cuphead, because after playing this lovely, beautiful side-scroller <laughs> with awesome art, you know, like, mommy, mommy, look at this other sort of side-scroller with beautiful art, and the parents will be like, wow, that does look fantastic. Here you go, Junior, enjoy. And then, like, minutes later, there'll just be tears, and like, please help me get through this, and mom and dad moment, like, oh, yeah, I got this. Give me, give me your switch. In the and then they'll be like, wait, what? It's going to shock people if they've gone straight from this and they're looking for another side-scroller with mm. beautiful art. You know, like if, if kids or parents haven't heard of it. But yeah, uh, another thing, the music, much like your review, it was more annoying than catchy. They're doing this weird thing where they're going for, I don't know, like charming or cutesy or something, but a lot of the songs are a little bit flat. So like it's not quite in tune. Uh, I think the, the songs from... Um the original Yoshi game, what is it, Mario World 2. Oh, Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island was some of the best I've ever heard oh, in the game. It's an absolutely right? phenomenal soundtrack. That's so true. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Man, I love that. And it lived in my head. Like, sometimes... 
You know, like, it's so catchy. Yeah, and you could sort of whistle the tune while you're walking around town. <laughs> yeah, the start of every level. Ah, oh, brilliant. Woolly World, it was like so-so. And then this is like just kind of cringy, which is hard when it's that easy as well because all you have is you and the music. Yeah. You know, you need like a good soundtrack to just push you through something this easy because it is exciting, like I was saying, to just get through and see the next level. So you want something to get you through that. And good music might have been it. As much as I love it, and I really do love the craft stuff, I'm really ready for a new thing away from craft and woolly stuff from like both Yoshi and Kirby. I want next Yoshi. Just give me like a cell shaded game or something. Uh, they give me a give me a gritty Yoshi uh, in a feudal Japan. <laughs> oh come on, full like terrifying dragon. Yoshi's crafted twice. Yeah. So score wise, look stunningly charming. Clever level design brutally easy is my description for how simple this is um i mean fun to get into if you just want to throw it at someone who's not really into games and want to see something cool i give it a solid seven it's just easy to enjoy but um too easy but yeah that was yoshi's crafted world That brings us to our new segment, Classic Me, Classic You, where each episode we give each other retro games to try out that the other hasn't. Uh, and this time, I'll go first because I, I didn't get into it as much as I wanted to because Callan gave me another bloody, sprawling JRPG. Uh, but it was Oops. Shining Force 2. Dude, if you give me another RPG, I'm done. I'm finished and I'm just oh. quitting this segment. Yeah. Cross it off, whatever you have next. Okay. Just cross right, it off. All right, okay. Um, okay. Shining Force 2. Immediately, I loved the art a lot more than I did that last one. Mm -hmm. What was that last one with Nigel? Uh, Landstalker. Was his name Nigel? Yeah. God. Anyway, we're not talking about that. <sighs> Nigel, why? And the, anyway, this game, it was really cool because it looked like Final Fantasy. I wanted to just jump in quickly. I didn't have a lot of time this week. And I thought, ah, oh, I'm just going to jump in and have a quick go. Uh, no, not have a quick go game. Not at all. The, it was straight away like fully confusing with all the systems and the characters at the start and trying to choose different things that you could work out with the party. And I was just like, what's going on? So unfortunately, I just had to like jump i didn't have much time and i was like oh i have no idea what this is i need to really sit down and give it like half a day because of that i was frustrated i wanted to see a bit more so i jumped on and, and went to have a look at some uh, let's plays and things and i really love how the battle view looks more like pokemon than any kind of rpg i've ever seen like that you see the back of your character fighting the um you know the the enemy and it's got that real kind of pokemon view which is I don't know, was this, this was before, was it before Pokemon? Or oh yeah, like, this was 1994. Yeah, and I, I find that's like, did Pokemon get some ideas from this? Because it's so much like that view. The back yeah, of the... it's only when you hit the attack button. So you, you walk around on the oval map, position yourself and then hit attack and then it will cut into that screen for your attack animation. Every other sort of game in this, not even this genre, because this is kind of its own genre. It's more of a strategic kind of, tactical rpg mm -hmm. um but they were always like just like sort of final fantasy like you're on the left enemies on the right um or vice versa you know depending on where you came from and then the you know it's like 
four or five enemies deep in a straight line. I don't know. They kind of, it's always been like that. Whereas this, like, turn it on its head. And I don't know. I think it must have been, it would have been pretty exciting to see back then, especially because Pokemon didn't exist. I just thought, wow, this is just Pokemon's battle system. Like, it looks the same. It's got the little window at the bottom there. Um, but anyway, that the writing immediately seemed a lot a lot more clever. Uh, I don't know. I needed so much more time to get into it. It was way more complex than I thought, but I, I loved the presentation straight away. Uh, that, that All those systems at the start, though, I, I, my head just went whew, straight past it, and I need to really sit down and have a long play. I really got to um, put more effort into giving more time into these games, which I think we'll be able to from now on because there's a little bit of a lull until the next couple games come out. Oh, cool. So, so can I can actually... give you another big RPG? No, no more RPGs. Okay. <laughs> no more RPGs. Um, yeah, so how did you go with your game, Callan? Uh, yeah, so you gave me Toonstruck. So this is a point-and-click adventure starring Christopher Lloyd. He is yes. this uh, artist that gets sucked into his own sort of uh, cartoon that he's been sort of making, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's a point-and-click adventure, so you just use the mouse, you just walk around, you talk to people, you solve simple puzzles, etc., etc. Um, yeah, uh, look, the the, the cutscenes were very blurry in today's standards, like really blurry. Ah, oh, see, that's so funny, because the cutscenes in that game were one of the ones I was talking about earlier, where back in the day, cutscenes were so amazing that you just wanted to do the next puzzles. It, 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 it would be bit. something to do with the resolution and all that, but it was, it was pretty, pretty yucky. Yeah, must be. Oh, I want to see. Yeah, it's, it's not really much to say about it. It's that you are Christopher Lloyd, so it's like a, you're walking around as, as him in his like, human form, but there's cartoons all around you sort of thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's very much like, like Mortal Kombat. It's, it's very much like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Cool World. Yes. Cool, is it Cool yeah. World? Cool. Yeah, Cool World. I, I think it's got a lot more cues from Cool World in that just like it's weird weird stuff yeah. going on, like a fever dream almost, which I guess it kind of is. Yeah, but for me, I didn't really get into it. I just, I used to love point and clicks, you know, like Discworld um, and all those ones were just fantastic. But this, I just couldn't get into it. I was just like, I'm not yeah. really enjoying this. I was skipping through conversations as fast as I could because I was like, come on, you know. Oh, some of those conversations are like so quotable for me. Yeah, yeah, like, there were some good little one-liners and stuff there, but uh, at the same time, it's like, all right, let's get on with it. Let's see what this game's about, you know. And uh, it was it all, must have. It was all right. Look, horribly. I, I reckon it, if I had played that when I was a kid, when I was into my point-and-click phase, I would have really liked it. But I, I feel yeah. like we keep running into this of like, man, if we played it then, man, if we played it then, I can't wait for one of us to just get a game from the other and just be like. This is awesome. You know, like something yeah. now. Yeah, I just... I wonder if that'll happen. I don't think I like those style of games anymore, those point and click games. It's just... Oh, no. Really? Not yeah. even like the new Monkey Islands? Uh, yeah, maybe if they re-released Discworld, I'd go and do it again because that's fantastic. But Discworld was fun. I remember that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah. All right, so what do you have for me next week? All right, next week... I have, and I, I hope this is the name, because I'm just going by memory. I might do a quick Google right now, but it's called Iron Man and Exo Manowar. Okay, all right. So Iron Man versus Magneto. I cool. Think, 
Iron Man and Exo Manor War. Wow, there it is. Oh my God, cool. Uh, okay, so it's spelled capital X dash capital O and then Manor War. So, Man Zon Man. O War. Uh, yeah, and Man O War, like. Is uh, all one word. Right. You're going to just text it to me. I don't, I don't know. I will. And the full title is Iron Man Exo Manowar in Heavy Metal. Okay. So, yes, right. please try that. I'm not even going to tell you anything about what it is, except obviously Iron Man's in it. Cool. And all right. It's my favorite Iron Man game. I'm going to give you Rocket Knight Adventures. Rocket Knight Adventures. Okay. Tell me nothing. Nope. It's, it's, it. not, it's, not, it's not an RPG. I'll say that. Okay, thank you. It didn't sound like an RPG name. Uh, oh, Rocket I don't Night know. Adventures. Rocket Knight Adventures, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I could be curious, like a fantasy future type thing. Anyway, yeah. we better wrap it up. But yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited. I want to jump into something that's not an RPG. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, that actually brings us to the end of the episode this time. Um so thank you very much for hanging out, as always. Next time, what are we talking about next time? Uh, we don't really know yet. It could be Mortal Kombat or it could be Days Gone. We haven't discussed. Depends what we get into our hands. So one of those games, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Or both. You know, we'll, we might even just chat about one of them. But yeah, depending. So that's what's next. And those games are both uh, about two weeks away. Yeah. I about that. We don't, <laughs> I don't know, we might have to just make up something, I don't know, or oh, come no, on, could actually okay. play Sekiro. Uh, wow, two and a bit weeks for Mortal Kombat, the 23rd, Yeah, and then ugh, nearly three weeks for Days Gone. Ooh, oh, so um, fun. So yeah, I guess we're going to do Sekiro again. Wow, let's yeah. just review the first episode of Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's the end of the episode. But as always, that means we come into our lame train, love train, and hype trains. So, uh, Callan, what is your lame train? This annoys me in so many aspects. But when I saw this, I felt so bad for the people that just wanted to get this. So... Borderlands 3 has this huge collection. This uh, it's 350 AU. Uh, you know, it comes with all these figurines, you know, or cloth map, all this really cool stuff that big fans of the series would love, you know, to get their hands on. Um, Ten figurines. Yeah. Um, well, it's sold out so quick at EB Games, right? Already, they're on eBay for twice the price. And I'm like, oh, you know what, no. you bloody scalpers, you do it with concert tickets, and then you're doing it with freaking collector's editions. Stop this BS. I am so over it. It hurts yeah. so many people that just want to experience a concert or or get this collector's edition. And you assholes freaking jump in there trying to make a quick buck. That is gross, man. I um, was actually legit excited about that collector's edition. Oh. You know, I, w- I wasn't going to get the collector's edition, you know, but I felt so bad for those people that miss out and then see freaking PJ Steve 99 with it on eBay for 600 bucks. And it's like, well, oh, can't buy yeah. it now. Or they fork out the 600 bucks and they're, you know, $250 extra out of pocket because they wanted to get something that they really enjoyed. So now I'm, I'm yeah, sick of, I'm sick of these loved. assholes doing this. And I really wish eBay would freaking clamp down on this crap because it happens with concert tickets 
the second they go on sale, you go on now. It's like Metallica tickets, a thousand dollars, get stuffed. Yeah, I wonder what they could do. Like, make you're not allowed to sell anything, you know, six months out of release for that kind of stuff, unless it's from an official source or something. Yeah, or? yeah. So yeah, that's that, that's my that's my uh, lamb train. What's yours? Yucky. My lame train, unfortunately, is just a really simple one, and it's it's my current state of this distracted nature with, like, um, I'm in this weird loop because of, I guess, uh, online shooters and online games and something like that. I don't know what it is, but I'm just not drawn to go and finish off these, like, incredible, amazing games that I'm yet to finish that I actually love and I want to play, like... Persona Secure. 5. Nope. Persona 5. Uh, Gravity Rush 2 is one. Um, just these like big, beautiful, amazing worlds that I, I jump into and I jump out and I go, oh, I'll jump right back in. But then when I'm sitting there and I've got like a couple hours to play some games and I'm just chilling in the afternoon and I'm like sitting in front of the Xbox, next minute I'm right in Division 2 or Elder Scrolls Online or just Dirt Rally and racing around at these like repeatable experiences and just kind of mind-numbingly playing them and leveling up. And it is fun, but I feel like I'm really missing out on some awesome stuff and I, I don't know how to get out of that rut. Like, I, it's like I have to start those games again or, or something. I don't know. Like, I did the same thing with Gravity Rush 2 a while ago. Like, I, I let go of it and I came back and picked it up again. And it wasn't a big mess like you'd expect sometimes when you leave big single-player games. I got right back in, and it was awesome again. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This game rocks. The art style's awesome. The gameplay's cool. The story's silly but fun. Cool, I'm going to finish this. And then we jumped into another game, and I don't know. I just can't sort of bring myself into jumping into these big worlds, especially Persona 5. I keep hearing how it's like some people's greatest game of all time. I only did like two and a half palaces. So I'm just trying to get out of this rut. Maybe these three weeks of no games might be the way to do it. But uh, I don't know. Tier 5 out on mm. Division 2. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's my personal lame train. Um, okay, so let's jump right into the love train. <laughs> Callan, how'd you go? Yeah, real quick. Uh, beating another super challenging game. Insecure. Of course. I was so stoked for myself when I rolled those credits. Now the last boss, I reckon maybe a hundred tries. Like it was, oh. it was rough. Oh. It was. I, as I said, a hundred tries. I don't know if it was a hundred tries. It felt like a hundred tries. It felt. I, I did it over several days of just attempts, attempts, attempts at this guy. And um, same boss several days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's probably wow. the biggest stumbling block I've ever had in a Souls Bloodborne game. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, in a game period, or have you had bigger stumbling blocks? Uh, Has I there don't been know. like some crazy stuff in the old WoW days, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, nothing's ever going to beat Cthulhu where we are you know, 40 people having 40 hours of attempts on this freaking thing. So nothing's going to wow. ever beat that. I don't think in terms of, of stumbling blocks, but yeah, this was, this was pretty up there, but no, I'm happy. I got through another one of these games. So now that is three from, from software that I've completed now. And I'm 
very happy with myself, and yes, I am better than Carl at the video game. That that is entirely true. Is it uh, is it going to drive you to finish the rest of the catalog? Uh, Are you I, tempted? I I I thought about going back to doing Dark Souls One Remastered, which I've got here. I yeah, don't think well, I could it. go back to it because it would feel so slow after Sekiro now. Yeah, but. You know, from everything you've said about Sekiro, it, it doesn't just sound like a slow version of Sekiro. It's different enough that it might feel... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I might have to take a break from the hard games for because they are, they're taxing on you after a while. Yes, well, I mean, you know, you should check out Yoshi. That's mm. a break. Uh, so what, what's <laughs> your love train? Because I don't have much time left here. Um, Right, my love train is I'm just about to go away to Melbourne and do this crazy awesome thing uh, for artists and stuff and musos, uh, which I'm very excited about outside of the gaming world. Um, it's it's just a big workshop of, of really fun, exciting things to uh, push my career forward with a whole bunch of really cool music people. And my love train is that the Switch exists. And these things used oh, to be... Detox. Detox like I did in Thailand. Do it. Nope. Have a week off. Have a week off. Immerse no yourself way. in immerse yourself in the experience there and have a week off from the switch, man. Like you'll feel so good when you come back. I might. I might. We'll see. Well, that shatters my love train then. Sorry. Um, but that's um, okay. Hype train. What is your hype train? Okay, so if it's true and there is crossplay for Borderlands 3, this is my hype train because I always have this feeling every time I get one of these games like Division 2 or whatever, it's like, what do I get it on? It's like, there's Xbox with a bunch of people I know or there's PlayStation with a bunch of people I know. Crossplay these games, people. So if Borderlands 3 has it, I'll have the best of both worlds and that I'll be able to play... Uh, on the Xbox of Borderlands 3, but then also play with my PlayStation friends like Sean, because I know he's a huge Borderlands fan, and I'd like to be able to play the game with him, but I don't want to buy it on PlayStation. So there you go. I want, I, I'm so happy that there is all these sort of words of crossplay happening with Borderlands 3. So you're saying that Borderlands 3 is in your hype train? Crossplay for a video game <laughs> is in my hype train, yes. <laughs> Oh, because you were lukewarm on Borderlands 3, but the last thing you were lukewarm on was Division 2, so I have high hopes. I have high hopes you will be converted. Um, <laughs> my hype train is Days Gone. That's, uh, that's it. It just it's, I'm more and more hype about that game the more I see of it, and I hope it's not because there's just nothing else. I think it is genuine excitement that it does actually look kind of cool. Okay. It's it's kind of surprising me, and I, I hope it surprises everyone. I hope. But um, as it stands, I'm actually really excited for that coming up, which is weird because there's a Mortal Kombat coming, and I'm a crazy Mortal Kombat fan, but Days Gone is the one that's got me mm-hmm. hyped. All right. But yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 59 of Game Train. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, if you want to check us out or ask us a question or whatever, jump on our Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash Podcast. Our website, our new and exciting website, is uh, www.gametrainpodcast.com. We're on Instagram, uh, which is at GameTrainPodcast. And we're also on Twitter, if you want to check us out there, at GameTrainTalk. Mm-hmm. So 
jump on, come say hi, come hang out. Uh, next time, like I said, it'll probably be Mortal Kombat. Maybe Days Gone, depending on what's going on. But uh, until then, guys, thank you. Callan, did you have anything to add? Yeah, get good, Carl. Wow. Okay, we're going to have a one-on-one Tetris combat nah. on Twitch, everyone. Nah. Uh, anyway, Just beat the second mini-boss on Sekiro and get back to me. Just beat me. Just beat me nah, in Tetris. Beat the That's all. The boss, first mate. boss. Beat the second mini boss. Come on. You just the first it. boss you of Tetris is just me. You Only one. It. Just beat the second just the mini boss. Just the very first one. You just there's no other challenges. You don't even have to lead I up to it. I can't hear him people. I've one. turned off his microphone, so <laughs> Oh, I do have to get good one day. Uh, at a better game. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Game Train. Shh.